Saha! What a moment for him! Saha is on his way, there's no flag, it's Louis Saha! He's not going to score every game, is he? Taking it well, Saha! He took it very well, didn't he? Drag through for Louis Saha! 1-0 Manchester United! Saha, what a finish from Louis Saha! Hello and welcome back to the Manchester United podcast. We have had a bit of a break, haven't we? Yeah, and well, welcome back. Well, I've had back. more of a break. Yeah, welcome well, back have. to you, Helen. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Nice. How's Eli? He is good. I'm Sleeping not getting well. much more sleep, but that's fine. Doesn't last very long, Maisie, does it? No. How's the girls with him? Oh, they love him. I actually let him watch football yesterday for the first time too, and he was like glued to the TV. So that's a good start, isn't it? That's an excellent start. Yeah. I'll keep that going. Also, while you've been away from the podcast, we've been carrying on, having a lovely time, but so has Johnny. He's been scoring loads of goals. Do you know what? Has he? <laughs> what do you mean, has he? I'm not joking, but I had Eli at the end of November and December was just absolutely crazy for football. Like, a blur. Oh my goodness, it was a blur, literally. And I do remember one of you texting in our podcast WhatsApp group. We're so cool, we have a WhatsApp group. Um, <laughs> and saying something about Johnny scoring. And I just remember being out for a walk, I think, at the time, thinking, has he scored? I'm just trying to get this baby to sleep. I'm just going to walk yeah. for miles. Yeah. So, yeah, football pales in the significance when you have a newborn baby, unfortunately. Sorry, Johnny. Not today, though, because we're going to talk to Louisa Hart. Yeah. Did you did you know him because he would have been there with Johnny? So was he a guy you would have seen much no, of? No, I think they were only... Um, Johnny probably was only in the first team when Louis was there for a couple of years. Maisie, what about you? You've... Met him at Legends I've met, games I've met him a few, yeah, a few times now. Lovely lad, really down to earth and uh, very honest. Great player, absolute fantastic player. And um, if he wasn't for you know a few injuries that he picked up, he would have been an absolute superstar for us because he was a perfect player to play with Wayne and Ronaldo, Giggsy and Scalzi. You'll hear it in the podcast, but he is a, a top, top player. Luckily, I didn't have to play against him. <laughs> yeah. It's also... Like from, from say from my perspective, I don't know about anyone else, but it was so exciting when we bought him because he was so prolific at Fulham. Yeah, and it was in it, it was at that point where we just went just went oh well he's scored loads of goals we'll just take him and we already had good forwards and he just came in and just did that he just came in and he just scored and he scored and he scored. I think the, the thing when you look at players that the manager used to get sometimes they didn't have to go out and buy the ultimate superstar. It was somebody you would adapt and it would fit in the way United played, and Lou was a perfect um, player to play alongside. Way how, do, in particular. how do you identify those players? Because is that more attitude than I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's attitude, it's just you know, what what would Louis bring to the club to play alongside Wayne? You know, his his presence, you know, he's very, very, very powerful, score with his left, right foot, headers, all round ability. As I say, you know, sometimes you don't have to go out and spend a hell of a lot of money. And he he, he fitted in absolutely fantastic. Would you say maybe someone who didn't reach his complete potential because of injuries? I think so. Um, Obviously, he's done a lot in his career, oh, but yeah, of course, he's you know he's, he's won everything. But I think when when you listen to the podcast, you would actually understand that when he actually tells you about the stories about his career, maybe he didn't fulfil it as much as he could. But you know, when you've got players who finish the game early because of injuries, he himself says you know he's very blessed to have got out of the game what, what he actually did. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, this is our chat with United legend Louis Saha. We sat down with Louis at his favourite restaurant uh, where he used to live in Alderley Edge. Welcome to Piccolino in Alderley Edge where we are joined by our newest guest, Louis Saha. Louis, how are you? Very good, very good. Okay. Thank you. I want to get on to why we're here, because you picked our destination, you picked here. <laughs> but I have been told that your first choice was the Trafford Centre. Uh, yes, it was one of the easiest memories, because you go there with family, you go shopping when you have a, 
yeah, a bit of time. Um, so yes, that was my first pick. But uh, I think that this place is is brand new, and uh, I liked it when I, I came it uh, yeah, quite often. I would say it was a um, yeah good restaurant, good club as well. So I got pretty good, good memories. Yeah, yeah, nice. Feels like home when you're here in Alderley Edge. Home, come on. Uh, no. Home from home. <laughs> home from home. Yes. Look at sunny yeah, outside. Yeah. No, it is like a really nice uh, spot. The, the people were very welcoming. Uh, make you feel like very um, part of the of the town and uh, the, the the school. The, the kids were really enjoying that this place. So yes, I did enjoy. I did uh, learn a lot from here. Um, I was like uh, respected in terms of my privacy, the way I wanted to. Uh, conduct my life and all that so yes it's a really good spot for any football player who love uh, his football and love uh, as well the family uh, I would say normal life I would say Mm. nice Uh, and so how often did you go to the Trafford Centre if that was your number one Mm -hmm. pick I would say that uh, yes at least uh, yeah two two times in the month because there is at least uh, good activities for the kids there is like uh, some uh, no, now is there is the ski things, but uh, the time it was just coming. But I remember that it was a place for video games and stuff. So it was always a, a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I had uh, to admit that uh, I'm not a big fan of walking. So anytime that uh, I was like seeing this as walking distance, too much for me. <laughs> the training session, so I wasn't uh, soaking in doing all the time. Perfect. All right. Well, we should go back to the very beginning. So you grew up in Paris. What was that like? Um, yes, it's a great town. Um, so obviously, uh, when you uh, have the, the the chance to obviously grow up uh, with a nice, uh, I would say, environment. My family was uh, trying to raise me with uh, strict rules and all that. So Paris is a tough, tough, tough town, but uh, it was uh, okay in terms of um, having the right uh, environment for competition. This is my main thing. Uh, I'm looking for nice place for football players and uh, it was the perfect spot because Paris there is like a, a bunch of uh, players uh, are very talented so I always like find myself uh, surrounded with people with a competition mind and wanted to prove you know they're bigger stronger so it was really uh, a, a good spot and, and I think that's why a lot of Parisians um, are doing well in in, in sporting in football in particular so I really enjoy uh, Paris but uh, now I won't live there anymore because uh, it's too fast, too too much strike, <laughs> too much, uh, uh, I would say, um, traffic and all this. And uh, so, um, as I said, I, I love those uh, spots where you can have a normal family setup in some way. So, yes, Paris was good uh, at the time where I wasn't thinking alone. Yeah. Your love of football, did that come from your father or...? From yes. France, yeah, totally. My father, because uh, addicted to sport first, he loved uh, competing. He loved uh, everything that goes with um, come uh, timing or like goals, targets, uh, every single word that mean uh, about like uh, being motivated. Um, so yes, uh, every time was watching TV all the time is about sport and and basically uh, I was following him uh, around uh, every pitch that he was playing uh, because he was playing football and starting to really. Uh, Enjoy the, the spirit, so uh, I become a, a bad loser as much as my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your team as a kid? My team uh, was PSG, PSG. So I went there with him as well. I had a few stories where um, I ended up like being protected by my dad uh, with uh, hooligans and stuff. Uh, so it was all that. Uh, your dad was a hooligan. No, I mean like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in some ways, yeah. But uh, easily fight them. Do you uh, have brothers, so sisters? 
Yeah, two bro- uh, one brother and one sister. And where do you lie with the age? Um, yeah, it's funny one. Uh, my brother is uh, 29 now, uh, so it's nearly 12 years gap or something like this. And uh, my sister, she's um, whoa, 34. So yeah, it's a big, big gap. Yeah. yeah. So it was good uh, to to have that environment. I said the family was like very important to me. But uh, yeah, Paris is a very tough area, and um, I managed to get the good of it. You know, mm-hmm. like the competition, the actual understanding that you're not living alone. There is a lot of uh, foreigners, uh, a lot of uh, uh, different cultures. So it's uh, it's a really good setup. When did you know that you were good at football, better than the rest? Not better. I think it was just like, uh, I felt like uh, I always played uh, uh, with uh, the higher teams, all the, all the, all all the, the teams, boys yeah. and all that. So I find myself like, um, uh, naturally uh, in competition, so it could have been in how the did sport. You, how, did, how did you find that way? Just because you was better than everybody at your age and it was a challenge to play against the older lads or yeah, so, uh, because of your size, you had your physical ability? Or? I was smaller than everybody. Right. Yeah, I was at the time um, and basically uh, all the time uh, I was out there uh, when maybe others were finding some other games or other things. My only thing was football, football. And, and getting out there and compete, uh, whatever is for keep ups or whatever is like uh, uh, strength work, whatever it is, it was like just uh, competition, as I said, yeah. it was just about like being stronger than anybody. Um, and then, uh, yes, uh, of course, uh, you find yourself selected by uh, teams, I would say, um, uh, regional and, and stuff like this. And I say, hang on a minute, uh, what does it mean? So being selected, it means that there is like other players who hasn't been. And then I say, whoa, um, it was an indication, but uh, I wasn't aware that it could be professional in any way. Only when I arrived uh, later in academies and stuff like this, yeah. I realized that uh, I had that kind of chance to actually do something uh, about it. At this point, sorry, at this point, were you playing as a centre forward? Uh, no, more as a winger uh, on number ten. In in those days, uh, uh, I think. Did uh, they have a number ten that them days? <laughs> <laughs> well, but uh, yes, I was like uh, very. Um, Altruist, so I don't know if it's uh, the right word in uh, in English, but uh, yes, like someone who wants to give balls, want to dribble and crosses and all that. I was not a proper striker at all. It came later, um, but yes, I, I think that uh, basically uh, when you are in Paris, uh, surrounding is like more selfishness, dribbling, you know, mm-hmm. all those things, and how to improve your your skills and tactic comes really later. Who was your um, who was your idols growing up? There was a, a specific person you think? Idols, I, I would say that. Not so much uh, idols, but who you tried to model your game on in the, you know, you playing with your mates. Yeah. Would there I be will, somebody there? I will not think that uh, it was a player uh, until I arrived in academies and, yeah. and stuff like this. But before it was just like, yeah, enjoy myself and, and be uh, as good as possible because my dad was very strict. I was more try to be against or be for what is like uh, was really uh, like I think giving me advice and, and all that so I was really a competitive spirit I yeah. w- it was all about that and and then yes maybe the most influenced player will, will be George Weah because he, it was really uh, down to his quality uh, like his figure charisma it's like very respectful never done anything wrong on the, on the field mm-hmm. uh, very skillful and strong so all those combination like look as things that I could be doing. Uh, so when you're in the schoolyard, you'd be the George Weyer? Kind of, yeah, yeah, in some ways, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, 
I think that I was very small. That's why they called me Petit Louis. Um, so I was very really small. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> poto, poto. <laughs> so I, I did uh, manage um, to use different different skills and strength and, and all that. So. Mm. And then you joined the Clairefontaine Academy. We talked about academies a bit. And when you were there, that must have felt like a real step up in what you were doing. There were players like Thierry Henry and Nicholas and Elka knocking about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just realized that uh, it was a selection from kind of like the region of Paris, but France as well. And find myself with definitely the, the best players. For me, uh, Nicolas Nelka, Thierry Henry was uh, well-known, you know, players already. And I say, wow, uh, I'm selected with those guys and um, I want to be better than them and then try to, to actually um, do the best I can. I didn't really understand, again, that he was professional, getting paid and all this. It was like... It was not like uh, now, like uh, games are always on TV every day. There yeah. is games and all that, and people understand the salaries and all that. It was it was not the case. What age is this? It's uh, 14, 14, 13, 14. So basically, you're still a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just super happy to go out from my from my dad uh, <laughs> control and all that. So I really enjoyed. But I I went up to Clairefontaine. And thinking that it was just a few days and come back home. I didn't know it was for three years. So <laughs> I was like, as naive as you could imagine, I was like such a yeah naive player, naive uh, kid. So uh, how often did you get back home? It was uh, every weekend, uh, the first year. And then uh, it was like every, uh, every, every two week. weeks. Um, and basically because... Uh, how was I, that? It was super hard, yeah, super hard for me as like a free spirit. Where because I then like you would go to like a, obviously a school as well and yeah, yeah, everything. It was cool, and, and and based on that, you 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 lose every kind of like a landmark, you know, because you lose your friend, you lose your your family. Yeah. Um, you have like other friends, but it's not the same. It's like competitiveness, like to the top, and they ask you straight away to be an adult where mm. you're only a kid, and find myself uh, really. Um, uh, forced to be somebody else in some ways because uh, I was just someone who wanted to play. Yeah. Um, so they told me, oh, yes, I'm going to teach you how to play football, uh, how to be professional. Couldn't understand what the, the word professional yeah, meant. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was a bit tough because uh, uh, I like my family. I really, like, miss my... Uh, yeah, at first I was happy because my dad was in, wasn't here. But uh, then... How far is this from where you actually lived? 50 minutes. 15 minutes an hour and sometimes because lack of uh, financial uh, couldn't be uh, taken every week or yeah, something yeah. like this so it's starting to be a bit oh, were you in dorms or a house or yes like dorms yeah yeah is there any players or friends that you had there that you've met along your journey and stayed close friends with because yeah, yeah. you, you probably they became your family in some ways yeah I, I'm a bit uh, a lonely animal I would say so yes uh, so for example when we all left after, after three years, they all cry and stuff like this. I couldn't understand. You were like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> Whatever your, your road is, I uh, will always like uh, wish you the best, you know, but uh, that aspect, I'm sorry, you know, it was like competitive again. I was like really distanced myself to all those, this, uh, the, uh, those things. But um, yeah, that's part of like uh, your growing uh, standard. It's like you have to be motivated. You have to be like really consistent. Otherwise, someone hit you. You're on the side. And I've seen so many players from the academy where even better players have like m- many um, skills that I didn't have and all that. Uh, mentally stronger, 
in different moments and I had my uh, chance and I took it. And I really I was focused. Those guys maybe at sometimes they wanted to have the fun and yeah. they didn't realize the the actual moments, you know. Um, how many how many players were there? It's a, a promotion is like 25 or 23 players. We know that it's only maybe one or two who's going to come out from yeah. it. So we have to understand and after maybe one or two years, you could be tipped back uh, to be a professional because you're starting to be uh, selected for a national team. Mm-hmm. So you understand that you know, you got, uh, you got um, your chance. But who would you play against? Locally. You know, we, we just locally yeah, teams, local yeah. teams, but uh, yes, best team in, so it could be Lens, could be Lille, right. but uh, based on uh, on the championship you are, so it's only a region, so mm-hmm. it will be against the north, but not against the south okay. because it's okay. too much traveling. Okay, right. You did eventually make it as a professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, you signed for Mets, that was your first club. What was it like going through that process of joining a professional team and making your debut and, and playing in a first team? It was um, it was then the target when I just left. It was uh, why we joined Mets is because it was maybe smaller than Paris Saint-Germain, Monaco. The academy was like respected. So my dad uh, thought that it was the best setup for me. It was against my comfort zone in some ways. They work really hard. It was like... And I'm very like nonchalant, so it was really something that I needed. Um, so that's why I, I bit struggled a little bit um, when I was there because it was against who I am. Um, but yeah, it was very important for me to understand what is uh, being a professional mean. So players that uh, have dedicated their life and you know diet, making sure that they are always fit, always like um, knowing to how to speak, all those things were not a priority for me. I was like, just like wanted to play and all this. Starting to think about um, what I wanted in life. So was really important. And Mets, it's a, it's a great setup because they on, only have that in, in the town, let's say. Did you always want to play in the Premier League? Yes, it came when uh, obviously see a few FA Cup finals. I would say that it was a few games from Cantona and all that. And you say, hang on a minute, uh, the Ari Bosman just arrived. So it's like a rules where uh, your print players can travel and, and can go everywhere they want. So uh, I say, oh, this is an amazing opportunity because, uh, yes, Premier League has always been considered like an Eldorado, but the, the style of play was was me. Very um, free uh, in terms of uh, how to attack. There is no managers, I would say, uh, who will uh, start a game and thinking about uh, drawing or not losing. or You know, it was just attacking football and... Yeah making sure that uh, fans enjoy and, and, and be supportive to uh, something that they really like. So it was it was me. And so I find myself really in line with that. Yeah. And you find your um, first taste of English football at Newcastle when you went on loan. I bet you find it cold there. If you think Manchester was, is yeah. cold. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was super cold. But, uh, <laughs> Did you enjoy for, your time though? Yeah, for some reason, you know, where where you really focus on, on, on something where it's an opportunity, you will like just like take everything with it. It's a package. So, yes, I couldn't really speak English. I couldn't really understand uh, the, the, the actual differences. You know, I couldn't really understand. And then uh, when you actually uh, see yourself like being like part of a, a squad where you have like Alan Shearer, for me, was like a legend in England, uh, let's say in Newcastle. So I say the whole setup was so, so nice um, because it's all about football and enjoying it. And uh, when I friends, it was like, Oh, you have to be careful with this. You should not do that. You know, you have to raise your hand to talk. You know, all those things was like, 
what do you think you are? You are a human <laughs> being and just yeah. enjoy and make sure that you communicate your your faith in your sport and all that to the fan, to people. And it was so complicated in France. So I really enjoyed this. So it could be called... Uh, I think that the, the food was not as good uh, at the time. No, I couldn't understand <laughs> those guys. Uh, all those things were part of England. I really liked it to be part of uh, of that. Uh, culture changed radically. Uh, but uh, Good nightlife? Yes, as well. It was, it was tough, yeah. I was like uh, pinching nightclubs. It was good. <laughs> In that season, Newcastle got to the FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. And I guess, unfortunately, you didn't get picked for that yeah. had you you would have been up against David May yeah yeah I, um, I managed to score a few goals during the run uh, on that on that yeah and uh, managed to go to the final but uh, Duncan Ferguson just uh, came back from injury and yeah. took my place uh, so I was in the stand watching those guys destroy us <laughs> was there a part of you that thought oh maybe I could join this red team one day they're doing alright yeah that was that was the, the dream uh, you know when you're very young you don't f- think that far you know you want to first step is to be in the Premier League of course that well Man United for me was uh, like um, unbelievable but um, I was like always like a step by step I never like go into dreams and stuff like this I was like really as I said uh, first I wanted to be professional uh, when I realized that uh, I had skills then it's to to compete as uh, the, the best possible so yes of course it's to to, to reach the, the top and then you have the chance to be a national team and then uh, you want to win the world cup and then you you want to win more and then it's it's, it's never stopped you know mm-hmm. yeah. so you eventually joined uh, you went from newcastle back to mets for two years and you eventually joined uh film and in your first year 27 goals that season that must have been incredible for you yes it was incredible it just like linked so perfectly with uh the the style of play film was a uh, Maybe the, the first team in the championship was playing on the floor, like really like uh, yeah. different football. You know, we know that championship was like very physical, a lot of games during the season. So long balls like the Wimbledon, Blackburns, they were very, very physical guys where we had like a lot of foreigners like uh, uh, Steve Malbranc or Luis Boamorte, all like kind of uh, different style, you would say. Um, and uh, we just destroyed the, the championship. And and I really enjoy, and this is where I just like maybe six months later uh, before I had my car accident, where um, I just decided uh, when I well, let's say survive, but uh, I just decided to be very selfish and I uh, wanted to play and to be the one in some ways. So I just like I want that spot now, and uh, that's where I, it just linked perfectly and score so many goals. Mm-hmm. How bad was the car crash? Uh, it was not uh, not uh, at all a bad one, but uh, I just closed my eyes. So I closed my eyes. I thought I well, I would be dead, and uh, appear nothing happened. Um, so I realized that I just like went very to, uh, from hitches to 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 stop what I, I was like loving it and all that. So I just wanted to have the best of it. So I just like say, oh, I want to score goals. I, crossing is part of the game, but uh, I wanted to be <laughs> at the end of, uh, of things. Yeah. So four years you spent at film. Did you enjoy all of your time there? Yes, it was unbelievable. As I said, it's family club. Um, it was a special chairman. Um, definitely, uh, it's a beautiful town, London. I loved it. Um, the 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 whole journey was like uh, make me uh, believe that I could achieve a lot of things um, that I never thought about. Uh, Fulham said, "Oh yes, you should be there. You should be at the top. I should be." Uh, so they actually built me for that. Um, so it was just amazing to have that uh, environment for me. Yeah. 
And then, of course, Manchester United come calling and I assume you were never going to turn that down if that was always going to be yes, your dream. I, I, did, I did fight for that because... Um, How yeah. did it all come about? Uh, a few a few phone calls come from uh, John Collins, from uh, Michael uh, Sylvester, uh, said to me that uh, the club is looking uh, after you. They they are they are looking at your performances. But uh, had uh, during the time, I had uh, one or two injuries that slowed down the process. So for that, uh, I knew that uh, I needed to to be a bit more consistent. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so when you received the call from the, the the boss, you yeah you say you say how natural it is because you think that uh, you've been doing well and that's why. And but it's like it's until you really like uh, on the train or on the plane to go to uh, to Manchester that you realize that that thing is gonna happen. Um, Can you remember the phone call? Yes, yes. Uh, I was at uh, I was at home and um, realized that uh, basically. Uh, Did you know the phone call was coming? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My agent was. And you were sat there. Yes. Yeah. A bit, <laughs> a, bit a bit strange because yeah, a bit strange because you you still doubt. Maybe yeah. the joke yeah, or something no. like this. No, Everybody says that. Yes. Don't yes. They? You still like say, oh, it's gonna be. A, so you be careful about the accent and then uh, say, okay, I assume that's for sure. So it was nice because uh, obviously it it was concrete. Um, and uh, the way it talks, you really uh, have that voice where uh, even if you understand half of it, it reassures you. You feel like part of his plan, part of uh, mm-hmm. what you're really looking for, for not years, but he's saying that I like your style and, and make you feel like um, you're going to embed straight away to, to, to his team. And when you look at, because that's what I, I do as well, is trying to see the chemistry. So I was seeing that the players they had already and see how I can fit, how I can actually be different and, and create those, those options for him. So I see straight away that uh, I was completely different. I had my aggressiveness in some ways. I have the, the, the different solution. And that's why I feel like very confident to go there. But on the same time, the amount of pressure was um, as well. You, you have to really be naive in some ways to go there and not being like feeling it because mm-hmm. if you are like conscious about it, that's where the pressure comes. And I was not like really in that up, but uh, I knew that uh, it comes with it. When it came to that move to Manchester, you had to force that a bit, right? Because Fulham didn't want to sell you. Yeah, they, they played it as it's a business world. So some price was agreed and I know about it. And uh, my agent was like saying to me that uh, they want to increase the price to make the most of it. and. Uh, so I let it go, and uh, at some point where you feel like this opportunity will go because it's a um, it's a January transfer, you see the the, the, the clock ticking, and uh, you start to say no. I think uh, they will take somebody else, and uh, I don't want this to happen. So I uh, I give my word in some ways. They give my word, uh, their words, and I say no. That's not how it works. On my word, uh, if you say something, you you keep your. Your, your words and uh, I was like uh, really unhappy about the situation even if I'm professional I, I express it I have the right to, to speak and say no I, I want to go and uh, so I don't know uh, what I think was the right thing uh, because uh, everybody in uh, in this world you know if you have a job opportunity somewhere else you know there is no judgment and you, you can go you know even competition or whatever you can. Uh, sports is a bit more difficult. Uh, they use the public to say, oh, yes, you know, and, and all this. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I knew that uh, I've been really honest. I give my all. Uh, prom- I help them to promote. Um, so I had no difficulty to actually go where I thought that it was fair. 
And once it happened, what was it like walking into the dressing room for the first time and seeing the players that were there and meeting everybody? Were you shy about that or were you confident or did you just sort of let everybody get on with themselves and you get on with your own game? Yeah, it was like very comfortable in a way because uh, you know when you feel like you enter a family and people are really excited to mm -hmm. see you there. You know, you say, oh, hang on a minute. It's like like those stars that you see, like the Paul School, the Ryan Gies, uh, all those players like you could uh, see being star actually being like very natural, very yeah. normal, normal, very, very uh, welcoming and, and making sure that you're all fine with that kind of figure of saying, yeah, listen, you are, you have stepped in now. It's like big, big, big job coming. And that's what I wanted. So I just joined this club for that. You know, I wanted to have a, a challenge. I wanted to, to help. Uh, all those was like the manager was talking to me every day. So challenging me, you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh, you need to express more your quality than your weaknesses. So hang on, I mean, that's me, you know, I was like, this was very natural. The only time that I realized that I need to maybe do more is the second game. When I actually I missed two seaters and, and the manager half time just like, just destroy me. Uh, <laughs> and then I say, hang on, I mean, it's, uh, it's like those setup is just amazing for any competitor because you realize that you have all the, the, the right ingredients to improve. Uh, after, I would say two weeks, I was already another player. So what did he say to you? I said to me, you're not in uh, whatever the club that was before. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> yeah. But he say, yeah, it is Manchester United and those things you should not do. And you have to always uh, try to improve, not being uh, complacent in a way that you accept that you've done something. No, that's not enough. You can score five goals, you score them. This is uh, the, the actual uh, step up as a professional. It yeah. was just now you are a winner. So mm. it's completely different. Did you like that? Because I could see some people's personalities, maybe that would make them worried and anxious and nervous and they might sort of collapse under that kind of pressure. Or did you... No, did you it's, like it it's not pressure because you... I, I would say that uh, part of a mentality where you're naive in some ways. You know, I was like very nonchalant and relaxed and I, this is part maybe of wasting this culture. But uh, I say, oh, yes, he's talking to me. He's trying to help me. Yeah. So I take it on the, the positive way. I'm not saying there's pressure. I'm saying, whoa, He's actually believed that I can do this, mm -hmm. I can do that. So I just work harder and that's it. I don't even think. And when you look back, yeah, after the career, you say, yes, oh, 75,000, you know, oh, you, you, you miss a sitter and then you score on another one. You, you understand those things. But naturally, when you actually playing, you see everything was done for me to actually improve and, and make sure that uh, based on my, on my mentality is actually screen it, screen it and understand how it works. And maybe, for example, that's why I think he was a master, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. He could see that Darren Fletcher needed something different. Maybe Wayne needed something different. Maybe Cristiano needed something different. Me, he, he knew how to, to act with me. So mm. it was just uh, amazing. And it worked because seven goals in your first 10 appearances. Mm -mm -mm. So it all clicked together in those, in those first few games. And you must have been on such a high and your confidence must have been yeah, it was, you know, it really was, up there. Yeah, it was an incredible fit. You know, it's like uh, you go there. I, I took a free kick. I never took any, any other free kick for United. It was just the day we know when things click, you know, for mm -hmm. you. Uh, yes, of course, I was the, the new signing. And was, but it was not by him being polite, they give me the ball. I just like for no reason, I took that ball. And, and basically, maybe Giggsy was not there. Uh, Queenie just didn't take it. Whatever, like, uh, would be uh, the freaky taker, didn't want to, to step in because I had the ball in the end. And actually, I, I scored a, deflect, a deflected uh, free kick. And this is me, my foundation. My confidence grow. And 
the rest is. What was it like? What was it like playing with those players? You talk about Giggsy, Scolzi, Ronaldo, Rooney. It was just it's, unbelievable. It's a dream. Yes, it, it, yes. You 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 said it all. You know, when you are on a set of like competitiveness, you know, like particularly you coming from where you've come from. Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect to Fulham or anything like that, but yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. But you're going into, as you say, yeah, the biggest club in the world, for, and you have those superstars to play alongside. Definitely, but for the, the first session to the last, I could remember. It was all based on like uh, performing, improving, mm-hmm. and challenging. You know, it's like you know, you challenge yourself and say, "Today, I done this." The best example is like we won a championship. The the the, the you come back to training, and it's the first session of that. You feel like nothing has been done. No. The, you haven't won anything. You haven't scored last year. You have to be like motivated because somebody has come for, to take your place. Mm. Yeah. Because we're here to improve. We have to challenge ourselves. And maybe the manager has like changed the actual um, managers, you know? He come with another coach and say, hang on a minute. So all your comfort zone doesn't exist. And do this think, is where I like it. Sorry, do you think that competitiveness that you talked from your father really helped you at Manchester United yeah, then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always say that uh, thanks to him because... Uh, he, he always like put me on that motion. I was always on the move. I never sit there. And I, so, for example, uh, my dream was uh, when I was in United is to actually be selected for national team. But the time I have I've been selected for the national team, I wanted to play for the national team. Then I play for the national team. I wanted to actually like be a number one and and like be alongside Thierry Henry and all those players. And I wanted them to be the, uh, in the yeah. World Cup. I always like move on, move on, move on. So this is like my drive and the only regrets I would say because I don't have more frustration I would say is actually never, I actually took um, the actual time to actually enjoy it. You know, mo- the moment and say, oh yes, it's great. I've been selected and been, you know, no, it was like just like motivation yeah. all the time that drive. So it was sometimes consuming for the people who was living with me because I, I, I was like, always like trying to do something else to do, to do uh, better and, and, and yeah, it could be timing. When you say frustrations, would those be the injuries and the time that you missed and therefore I guess your own personal development as yeah. a player stalled in some areas? Yes, it, totally. It's a uh, frustration. Uh, regret is for someone who has cheated in some ways. You know, you, you've done something bad and you regret and you no, know, that's not intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think the right way. Yes, I had my injuries, but I never tried to do it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so basically frustrating because I wanted to score more goals, to win more trophies, to be, I would say, the most uh, effective uh, based on my talent or my capabilities. Uh, yes, uh, people could say, oh yes, I could have been a, a more effective player or something like this. Yes, it matters to me, it's painful, but uh, I'm lucky on the same times because I had all those injuries. Believe me, somebody has like one or two and they don't have any more career. Mm. So I managed to go all day, fine. Do you think they did make a huge impact on your career? Uh, the injuries? Yeah. Oh yes, massive. Uh, more on, on my personality as a citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm a better person because if I was like, lucky as uh, Cristiano or Patrice Evra who never been injured or something like this, you have a different setup then. You know, you are mm-hmm. thinking that everything go for you and you're lucky and this. Now I'm aware. I'm trying to avoid this. I try to help my children in some ways because I've seen it 
happening, you know? So uh, uh, I try to deliver that message. That's why I think uh, I'm like really into that uh, journey, trying to help uh, a lot of players. Wayne Rooney said that you were his uh, favourite strike partner. Rio Ferdinand said if he was building a prototype of a number nine, it would be you. Have you heard that Whoa. before? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> I haven't read into it. Yeah, he did no, say no, that. Didn't he say before you went to Spurs? I mean, we're moving ahead slightly, but didn't he say that? He said he phoned Harry Redknapp and said the best forward I've ever played with or played against yeah, is Louis Sahar. You were his toughest opponent, he said. No, yeah, it's just a very big, uh, big compliment from him because. Uh, I always felt like he was the perfect defender as well. Sorry, Maisie, but... <laughs> no, 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 we never played together. I, <laughs> yes, I, know, I, I, can, I get that. Did you, did you yeah. say we've never played together? Because you're saying he doesn't have that, he's not seen you in action. Is that what you mean? <laughs> we played together in the, in the Legends games. Yeah, and yeah. You know. No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant defender. The, the way I see things, it's like uh, at the time we had the best players around to help you achieve this. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in training... We were very competitive. I love uh, to face Vidic because he was very aggressive. I lo- love to face Rio in training because he was very uh, challenging in terms of your brain, you know, your movement, how you actually control the ball, making sure that uh, the dummy works, you know, because he doesn't fall for it. He's not a player who's going to tackle. It's, you know, you have two different uh, defenders. With, uh, was that, do you know when you first trained, your, your first training session, mm-hmm. what was that like coming from Fulham as a, as a difference? It, it was like, you know, as I said, again, it's like... Uh, because a, a lot of players that you speak to say, when you first train with United, it's like so intense and... Yeah, it, it was, you know, but uh, because it's during the season, you yeah, feel like you, are, you, are, yeah, you have all yeah. the confidence and all that and you're yeah. flying on this. You know, mm-hmm. when you restart the season, is maybe different. You got that pressure because you have to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And, but I was so, so much on the high, you know, it was like scoring goals for fun and all that. Yeah. So it, it make it like the only thing that happens is like when I arrive um, straight away, I uh, had like maybe a week, a week, 10 days pre-season mm-hmm. with United. And that's where it was a shock. Yeah. It was like those players were never complained. They wanted to do more. And, and there was like a lot of runnings at, during the season because they want to win the trophy. Where uh, in Fulham or something like this, it was just a normal yeah, moment, yeah. you know, those guys were like motivated to do even more because there is targets. There is Champions League games coming, cup games. Mm-hmm. So everybody in the squad, thirty players odd, uh, need to be prepared. Okay. Really big question, Maisie, Louis. Which team was better? This has been debated millions of times by Man United fans around the world. Mm-hmm. Maisie, the '99 team that won the treble, Louis, the squad you were in that won the league in Champions League in '0708. Which team was better? It's impossible to compare when you look at from outside because the the, the the squad that those guys had, for me, it was like built to create a unique moment. Let's say the the the, the game against Bayern, for me, uh, in terms of like uh, fan uh, emotion, was better than 2000, uh, uh, yes, 2008. Because it was such a drama, you know? and. To see that, because I was uh, at Newcastle at the time, when I see this from my own eyes, as a fan, I say, this is unbelievable. I mean, like, it was crazy. The the actual 2008, in some ways, like, the team, the squad had, like, amazing players, you know, like, the Cristiano, and, and for me, it was just amazing players, you know, it was all around. Um, but the excitement for the history, it will be always 99 for me. So I may be uh, not uh, followed by other players, but uh, I will felt like it. What do you reckon? I would not like to have played against the 2008 team. Mm. You wouldn't have? No. <laughs> no. Just the, the power, the pace. They were just 
Mm. You can get near them. It was it was just like different, so it's really hard to compare. But I'm saying it about like if we're talking to the fan, yeah, '99 for me was like really special in the way that they they done it. It was just crazy story. You know, you can't you can't imagine for anyone who loves football. This is the kind of drama we want. Yeah. What was your favorite game that you played in? If, if obviously if that was the peak of dramatic football moments for you, what was what was the one game you loved and you'd love to do again and again to play? As a football player, yeah, no, that you that, that you played in in your career, as a, yeah, yeah, but uh, for United or for anyone, just the game for you that was uh, the most special that and that United, we'll have two, yeah. So I had that, that first game for France. It was just, I mean, like uh, on a personal level because it's a bit more personal uh, to score on the first goal and by Zidane giving you the ball. <laughs> uh, I mean, like you can't do better. <laughs> this is maybe the only picture I've got in my house. Uh, so meant a lot, but uh, of course there is like so many memories with United that it's really hard to recall. I've got uh, uh, so many moments where I'm very proud to be part of it. It's really hard. Even I would say even moments from training session is is as is powerful, you know. But uh, that's what I mean. Uh, I took all those chats into the dressing room. So telling me that he's just scoring goals that's not fair. It will be. Um, diminishing the actual power of uh, what he means, Man United, for me. Uh, it was just incredible. Were you a big character in the dressing room? Did you talk to everybody? Did you speak to people before games? Or were you quite quiet and just let everyone get on with I'm it? I'm quite in the middle, I would say. Um, I'm fair, like, let's say, uh, a bit of a linker, but without like being like all the time on the face. You know, that's not my style. I will say that uh, it could be some days opposite to Gary Neville, so he's like fight all the time between <laughs> us because um, I don't like him to come and, and harass me about anything that he wanted to talk to. I said, leave me alone, you know, all those things are, because I was like a character where I fit in quite naturally, but I don't want to be like pushing people and forcing people in certain ways. I, I was like more a linker, I would say. So yeah, I enjoy my time because uh, I understood basically the role of uh, Roy Keane and, and Gary Neville and also local boys, and I understood as well the foreigners where they come from, and I, I couldn't I couldn't uh, make it my way in one side or another. Mm -hmm. I was in, in the middle. On a separate area to your life at United, what was it like when I imagine Sir Alex told you that you weren't going to be part of the squad for the Champions League final? Um, it was the the worst moment in my life as a footballer. Um, the only moment I cried, so you understand what I'm saying, is like it was how much uh, emotion going through is like you have been given the opportunity to be in that stage and God have taken it. It's just like it was absolutely crazy. I couldn't forgive him at, at the moment. I couldn't. Uh, and this is strong because I'm very, uh, in a way, very religious in, in, in some way, but without any... Uh, with legality on on that thing, it just like uh, I couldn't understand because uh, if something like so special for you as a footballer is the Champions League, I would say that a World Cup it is. But uh, based on like a group of international players, you know, you see that France have more chance than maybe Ecuador, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> or something like this. So I've been lucky, you know, to play alongside Thierry Henry and Zidane and and go to World Cup. Those guys has done it. But this one, I felt that I participated and uh, I wanted to be part of that final. The manager wanted me in that squad because he thought that I was um, perfect, uh, a perfect tool to destroy uh, a Chelsea. I scored 13 goals against them. So 
it would have been a very nice story, I would say. So, but uh, it wasn't to be. So I really, yeah, I remember this as the most uh, painful moment in my career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. What was it like when the game finished and everyone was celebrating? Because I imagine as a Manchester United player, you're delighted the club has won. Yeah. But is, is it almost, in a way, almost worse for you because you've had to miss out on it? Not worse. I, I won't say that because I love my teammates and I respect so much the, the, the club that I uh, always like, make them as a priority. So it doesn't cross my mind this way. But uh, um, I'm... It was very hard to put yourself in it. You know, you don't know where to fit. You know, yeah. uh, you can celebrate as you play or won it. You know, it was a bit hard, but still being part, uh, it was better than not. Um, but in a frustrated, frustrated way, in a way, because you wanted to participate and help the boys. Uh, they have done it without you. It matters to me uh, more on a personal level and say that why? I worked so hard to come back and maybe I will say a few days before the final, I get that little thing that disappeared maybe 10 days after. It was just a joke. Mm. Was that part of your decision then to then go on and leave and be yeah, first yes, choice yeah. somewhere? Yeah. And and the manager said that uh, he wanted to have a player who could be uh, reliable in terms of like playing at least uh, 25, 30 games a season. That's it. Uh, mm -hmm. I was able to contribute every time, but uh, not regularly and the frustration always come from my injury more than my performances so how frustrated is that uh, I can't recall any player facing this thing you know mm -hmm. I, I always face critics based on my injuries so it was it was absolutely madness mm -hmm. yeah. what was it like when, when, you, when you did leave how did you feel about leaving Manchester United I think it was uh, fair for both um, so um, had different targets um, uh, I did my thing uh, in United uh, with my honesty, uh, set uh, certain targets. I wanted to win trophies. I wanted to help score goals and help them to, to do that. Um, I wasn't uh, capable enough to provide that guarantee. So yes, I find a really great uh, club uh, yeah, to help me to keep doing what I love and uh, manage to, to do that. Uh, without uh, moving from uh, Aldel Hedge. So <laughs> was yeah. perfect, yeah. You didn't have to walk far. Yeah, yeah. it was okay. Mm. Before we wrap up, we'll have to stop very soon. Who was your favourite strike partner? We know you were Wayne Rooney's, but obviously you played with, you've mentioned him already, Thierry Henry and all the players at United and across mm. your career. Who was your favourite? Yeah, you have Wayne, to say Wayne Rooney now. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, would say, I would say because it was, it was very natural. So, you know, I'm not like a super fit. Uh, yes, I'm strong and all that uh, and, and fast, but I don't have stamina. And was I was running for me, he could see that, oh, he may be struggling here. He, yeah. will, he will run the extra fight. yards to, to help you compensate. And uh, in the same way, I will maybe go for a header for him to go and score a goal. So it was so natural. He didn't need to speak and motivate me. Uh, in some way to play for that guy. And on the same time, um, uh, I will be very aggressive and will be very aggressive. So he will motivate me and I will motivate him. And you, all that, it was very natural when you have like, as well, some wingers sometimes are really hard to read. When you have Giggsy on the left and, and, and Cristiano, you need to have like players who understand, you know, go short and go uh, behind the... the, the the defenders, so it was really natural. So I, I will say definitely uh, was I even like the Thierry and uh, the Trezeguet, how different players, uh, Von Isteroy, and It's like the link, it was just uh, amazing. And I will say 
um, Waza and Scorzi. Mm -hmm. So now if you were telling me about attacking, uh, Scorzi will make me feel all the time very confident. I know that will score because these guys will find a way. Uh, it was just amazing. We've heard um, a number of people saying that dressing room had such a good bond at mm -hmm. the time. Is there players that you still stay in touch with from that time? Yeah, a lot of players, you know, the, the, the first one I will mention, you know, is a bit uh, same as uh, Mozi in a way. It's like, it's like a connector. It's like Quinton Fortune. For mm -hmm. me, it's like the guy and uh, you, you can find anyway, even like he was in the pitch or not, it's the same. Always laughing, always like making jokes, making the place comfortable. And on the same times, the guy is a machine of walking. He's motivating everybody and all that. So imagine the place, you know, you can't be complacent with Queenie in the industrial room is not possible because he, he loves football so much, you know, it's like, you understand what I'm saying, it's just... So all those players, you know, as an attachment with Queenie will be kind of the same. Mm -hmm. So this is why this period, this dressing room for me was special, you know, players like him. And on the same time, you will have like the actual balance with a Roykin who's going to have the figure, make you understand that there is target. And if you're not doing, not just good, it's not enough. So all those things make yeah. you feel part of a massive project. Okay. Luke, we're going to have to stop, but very, very quickly, I know you want to talk about thinking inside the box. It's, yeah, it's uh, my book, but uh, more about uh, Axis Stars, but this is uh, more the actual um, reason why I, I built this uh, company, uh, Axis Stars, um, based on, on all the actual um, stories, uh, recurrent uh, problem that's footballers facing or sportsmen facing. I really wanted to build a, a community, uh, a concrete tool that those guys can uh, uh, feel safe um, to tell their stories, tell their actual uh, uh, problems and, and, and find solutions. So concretely facing the, the right people. So all this is uh, my journey today. That's why I'm traveling. That's why I, I'm always on uh, to discuss with uh, uh, different partners, different organizations like a PFA or whatever who can uh, uh, provide the, um, the the safe environment. So, so that's that's the thing. The the safe environment is like when you think about um, try to develop a person during your career is super hard because you have a player and his agent or lawyers or whatever advisors will say to them, just focus on your football. What we want to provide is like helping them to have like something concrete that they can on their own terms, on their own times, actually uh, look at and say, oh yes, the, this can help me uh, whenever I want. And this is basically what uh, we are uh, here for. Is this just something that you came up with yourself after a lot of thinking during football? Yes, a lot of thinking, obviously uh, been helped uh, by a lot of uh, specialists in uh, in uh, different fields, marketing and all that. Uh, and uh, organization, uh, tech, it's uh, like very complete. Uh, so Kate, uh, Emma, my partner has done a tremendous job to structure all this uh, because it's very complicated. Uh, when you make things like uh, in in the tech nowadays, you have to be very simple because players, the things need to be very, very... Uh, Would it have helped you in your career? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because uh, uh, there is no alternative. There is no other no. ways, you know, you have to have an agent, you have to have a, a somebody in your family to know about the business, uh, understand mm -hmm. what is uh, the, the choice you have to make. So every pretty much like every key decision is a gamble. 
mm-hmm. pick someone to help you is a gamble maybe mm-hmm. you're gonna find out in two or three years if it's good or not yeah. and it's maybe sometimes too late then you find out because life is going on you may uh, end up with someone when you age 25 and you find out maybe at the end that's a divorce or whatever so all those key decisions is based on on how to really uh, be confident about things and and you or knowledge and all that so there is like it's a bit cynical but there is no place uh people will find uh that uh there is companies that are here to cure your problem they are here to still maintain your need mm-hmm. so what we're trying to provide is actually put that thing it is your need this is you select the, all those things and now you can cure your own problems and this is things that need to be changing and that's not uh, the way you know things work yeah. in, in, uh, in our world so okay louis thank you so much pleasure it was thank you merci mm. merci <laughs> <laughs> you're so cute yes <laughs> So that was our chat with Louis Saha. What a delightful guy. Such um, a lovely person and very honest, Maisie. Absolute fantastic guy. Very, very honest. Yeah, really, actually surprisingly honest because especially when we asked about missing out on the Champions League final, could have so easily just given like the traditional platitudes that players give and go, oh, difficult, tough for the manager. It was unfortunate, but that happened. But the first time he cried in football, said he couldn't forgive Sir Alex, although he then said it was okay because he was injured, but I was a bit confused because he couldn't forgive him. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he's devastated by it. Sh- should we find out? We didn't Sorry ask him that question. No. I'll ring him. Go on. Look at this. Oh, I've got everybody's numbers. <laughs> that is a French phone. That's a French ring. Hello. Louis, it's Maisie. Yeah, you okay? Yeah, good, mate. Listen, we wanted to ask you one more question. Do you forgive Fergie? No, I was injured, so yes, of course. All oh, right. Well, we never knew that. Yes, I was injured, so yes, obviously, uh, forgive me. Sorry, mate. These three Muppets here that I'm sat yeah, with so now... Uh, I've just asked me oh, to say, yeah, oh, yeah. give Louis a ring, see if he, if he gives Sir Alex. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. Cool. Merci. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Clarified yeah. that. That was probably about as uh, clear as mud. Yeah, definitely, definitely does forgive him. Yeah. He does. Because he was injured. Uh, what I am wondering is, Maisie, as a player, when you're going for a transfer, yeah. like Lou was really honest in terms of that he was, he, he was a factor in getting that move done. Man United were interested, Fulham were trying to get the price up and he was like, no, I'm a professional footballer, I need to move careers, other people get to move jobs, I should be able to move jobs. Did you ever see a lot of that from players at United that left or came when you were there? I think it's only when you, when you speak to the players who've played and how they actually get to the club, then you actually realise that you know, sometimes you have to force, force the club that, that you're at. And you know what Louis did was to you know, get the best out of his career and leaving Fulham, he had to you know, go and speak to the manager and say, listen... You're stopping me from fulfilling his dreams and he forced it through and thankfully he did. I suppose also as fans, we sometimes forget that they are professionals doing their job because yeah. our perspective to football is all based from the heart. So do you ever find people you're playing with or like, Helen, have you ever seen anyone inside of football who maybe you realise they are just getting on with their job? Well, yeah, because I think once you're in it, you do realise that it is a job. And I think yeah. people find that really hard to understand. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to people that don't play football but do you understand what I mean when yeah, I say yeah. that Maisie? Absolutely. It does become like It is a job because a it's, job. it is you know you get paid week in week out and you're there for so many years and you know sometimes you have to move on you're forced to move on and sometimes you have to force it through so and it can be difficult because clubs can then t- turn around as Louis was saying that they'll just raise the price because one it's Manchester United 
who are loaded. And two, sometimes you have to think, well, you know, is, is it best for themselves as well to get rid of Louis? Because as, as Louis pointed out, you know, he was banging in goals left, right and centre. So to replace him, they have to shell out a hell of a lot more money as well. I think there's very much um, a non-written agreement, I suppose, between football clubs as well, that if a player, if Manchester United come calling, you kind of have to let a player progress in their career. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, absolutely. You can't stop people no. from doing that. No, and, and that's, that's the unselfishness from their perspective. But as a player, you want to play for the biggest and best clubs in the world. And Manchester United is certainly one of them. You can't I suppose deny that's people that. true behind the scenes, isn't it? The managers also want to go to bigger clubs and mm-hmm. I guess the physios want to go to bigger clubs and maybe the chairman want to go to bigger clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't deny people that. No. Um, w- one part I loved from the podcast was when you'd asked him, Sam, about if he could go back and play in a certain game, yeah. what would it be? And he actually pointed out that some of his best moments were in training sessions. Yeah, I, I thought that was fascinating. That. I, I would never imagine someone would say no. that. Did you find that, Maisie, as well, when you were here? Some of your so, most enjoyable yeah. Mo- moments? Yeah, of course, because you see things in training that it's not even videoed or um, it's on TV. Some of the best moments are somebody getting smacked in the face or something <laughs> like that with a ball. <laughs> Hang on. Just, so, just something that... So when we said, if you could relive a game again, he said training, you're thinking, yeah, it's funny, people get hit by the ball. Yeah, but, yeah because it's, it's just things that you know, Like you banter with see. your friends. Yeah, of course. That's Ban- what everybody says. Mates, they miss the changing room whenever Absolutely. they retire. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing that I'm sure 99.9% of footballers would say that they miss the dressing room. You're right though, aren't you? Because you've got us. Yeah. <laughs> Chuckle brother and sisters, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. So we all enjoyed that one? Yeah, it was great. Huh? It was Fantastic. Great. Indeed. Uh, that is all we have time for this week. We will be back next week with another episode, so make sure you're subscribed uh, so that you receive that as soon as it is available. If you are new to the podcast, though, then why not go back and listen to all the amazing episodes in our back catalogue. And if there's anyone you would like to hear from in future episodes, why not get in touch? United Podcast at manunited.co.uk. Uh, that address is in the show notes if you need it. And as always, we would love it if you could rate and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast see you next time bye for now